Hello and welcome back to the Mums and Tums Birth Unfiltered podcast. We're so glad you joined us today and I'm really excited to do today's podcast because I have an awesome guest joining me. Kimberly Healy is joining me today from Toronto, Ontario. For those of you who don't know Kim, she is not only a birth and postpartum doula extraordinaire, but she is also one of the founding doulas in the Toronto Doula Group. She also owns another business called Ontario Doula Education, where she teaches others to become professional doulas as well through the certifying organization of Kappa Canada. Thank you for joining me today. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start off by asking, how long have you been a practicing doula for? I was just looking at this the other day. It's yeah. been uh, 12, almost 13 years now. Wow. Yikes. That's amazing. It's amazing yeah. how time flies. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> and what made you want to become a doula in the first place? Well, the the birth of my third child was kind of a basically a moral and hearty routine. It was right. crazy. Um, and I thought perhaps maybe there was something better out there. Mm -hmm. So I looked into actually becoming a labor and delivery nurse. Oh, wow. But I really didn't want to get into sort of scheduling and all that. The schooling didn't concern me. It was the work afterwards. Right. Um, I just sort of left corporate Canada and I really didn't want to be into any of that anymore. So right. I did, I did some searching, um, some Google searching <clears throat> and came across doula and it was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's, that sounds <laughs> cool. Let's try that. So, Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, so what are the some of the challenges to being in the field of birth and postpartum support that maybe now that you've been in it th thus far, that maybe you wish somebody had better warned you about? <laughs> well, I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges I have with being a labor doula is first off being on call, right? Being on call is, I find it stressful waiting. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, now you're on call from about what, 37, 38 weeks. I do two weeks beforehand. Okay. Okay. So it's two weeks before and then whatever time it takes after the, that due date. Right. And you kind of can't do much. You have to sort of sit and wait. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the other thing I'm finding um, as I get older is, the physicalness of being a labor doula. Right. It's, uh, it's very hard on your body. And so explain as, that just a little bit more about the physical aspect for somebody who's listening, who might not really know why a doula would need her physical body to be in good shape basically, or, or feeling like she would need to have a good, uh, a solid physical, I don't know what the word would be, but you know what I mean? It's, yeah. um, yeah. So, so maybe just explain a little bit about why physically we, you would support a client. So the physical aspect of being a labor doula 
is, I mean, first off, there could be endless walking. Right. Um, and the counter pressure and massage and, you know, mm-hmm. double hips double hip squeezes that you have to do. I've, I've injured myself on a number of occasions, not using really good body mechanics. Right. And, uh, you know, not necessarily being able to eat properly or drink properly during the labor itself. If you're not yes. in really good physical state, it's not, it's going to play a toll on you. Right. It must be hard to pull away from a birth, even just to get something to eat. Well, I mean, I feel guilty. I'm sure, I'm sure there's other <laughs> doulas that, you know, just go, okay, this is what I need to do. And they do yeah. it. But I always feel like, oh my God, like, is it okay if I leave you? Can I leave? <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling for sure. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. So these days on top of obviously you're still practicing as a doula, I assume? Yes. I don't do as much as I used to anymore. Um, right. But really mostly, most of that is because. I'm not in the best physical shape anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's just one of those things, right? <laughs> you you um, hit 45 and your body starts to fall apart. <laughs> your body starts saying, nope, we protest now. Yeah. So you also teach others to become professional doulas through Kappa Canada, correct? I do. Yes, awesome. I do. And what do you find to be the most rewarding aspects of teaching other doulas? I think, I mean, for me, the teaching part is probably my favorite part of what I do. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I love it way more than anything else, actually. (laughs) That's really Um, cool. And just, you know, opening up this entire world for, you know, women and, and others to help and support people. And sometimes just watching them blossom and watching them grow in the profession. It's like, Oh, they're my baby doulas. <laughs> you know, I have my, my doula babies and my, my baby doulas. And baby doulas. <laughs> I just love watching them, you know, soar and become these, you know, business women and, and amazing supports for other people and right. watching that and, and feeling like, you know, maybe I had a small hand in that. You definitely, I would say so. <laughs> awesome. That's great. So what would you say to others who might be either thinking or wanting to possibly become a professional doula, wondering if this work could be something that they might truly want to do or not? What would you say to those people thinking of becoming a doula? I mean, I think if you want to become a hobby doula, I mean, you just do it. I mean, and you do it at your own pace. If you want to become a professional doula, right it's work you yeah you've got to put in the work you nobody's going to hand you anything it's right this is your own business and this is really the rewarding part of it is is this is your own business and you get to call the shots but you're gonna have to work for it I think some people don't don't recognize that that's that that's you know they're just oh there's just going to be people there that are going to want to hire me no <laughs> you you've got to market you've got to advertise you've got to you know hit yeah. the ground running For sure. And I think it comes down to being a doula for, you know, just speaking for myself, it's, it really is, like you said, it's being an entrepreneur, which, uh, you know, it's, it's wonderful because I think we're in a climate where so many people want to be an entrepreneur because everybody's realizing that there's this potential to, you know, create your own destiny and so forth. But I really think that 
not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> no, you know what I'm not. But the good news is, is there are people, you know, that have set up groups and, and, you know, collectives of doulas where they can, you know, if they're good, if they've got that spirit in them, that (laughs) they can be hired. For sure. I don't think you need to do that. You can, if, if, if the business side, the entrepreneur side isn't your thing, and it's not everybody's thing, doing the networking and getting in with a couple of other collectives is a perfect way to go. Now, is that how you started? No. No, you started your own group, correct? Oh, yeah. Well, when I started, there was no such thing as doula groups and doula collectives and all this stuff. That wasn't a thing. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of, you did your own thing and, and you, you did your own work and started talking to my current business partner and thought, yeah, you know what, let's, let's just do this together. And mm-hmm. then the work was such that we didn't have for the two of us, there was too much for the two of us to do. So we brought right. a couple more and a couple more and then it was, <laughs> you know, an actual group. That's great. So what did you find was the the most challenging aspect of marketing yourself back at the beginning versus marketing yourself, you know, 12 years later? Well, in the beginning, it was, you know, trying to get in and get your stuff in with the midwives or the doctors and word of mouth. And um, I did, you know, several free births through public health to sort of get um, some experience. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, it's, you know, it's social media, it's... (laughs) teaching classes it's podcast podcast. (laughs) I I have to venture into you know doing Facebook lives and things like that and it's just significantly different the good news is is you don't have to leave your house for these things (laughs) that's very true you don't have to go knocking on anybody's door so we can sit in our pajamas and have fun (laughs) I'm sitting in my pajamas right now (laughs) me too Full disclosure. <laughs> exactly. As, as, I prep for, uh, as I prep for training in Fredericton. <laughs> Perfect. So you're headed out east. That's exciting. Yes. Do you, you travel across Canada for both birth and postpartum or just postpartum? For both. For both? Awesome. Yeah. This week is, next week will be postpartum only. Awesome. Um, and then in June, I'm going to Saska- Swift River, Saskatchewan. Oh. <laughs> out in the prairies yep cool have you traveled a lot in the like how first of all how long have you been teaching I became a labor doula probably uh, I want to say maybe five six years ago okay uh, trainer um and then a couple years after that became the postpartum doula trainer because the one we had in Ontario retired ah okay Cool. She ba- and she basically, I didn't have a choice. She basically said, so you're doing this. She and said, oh, well, you're the only one now. <laughs> yeah. And here you go. And I was like, okay. oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, so does that keep you traveling a lot then? Uh, last year was kind of slow. This year seems to be picking up a little more. Um, okay. So that's, yeah. I mean, I've been to, one of my favorites was in Fort McMurray, Alberta. I've been, cool. there, yeah. been there a few times. I haven't gone, I haven't gone anywhere in BC, Yeah, um, but they have a very, BC has a very strong doula community already in there and it'd be right. hard, it's hard to get in. So just leave, leave them to their own devices. 
Very cool. It's interesting. I, I'm always talking with other doulas about just some of the political issues. I mean, it kind of always comes up when you're talking with other doulas, the, the issues surrounding birthing practices in the country that you're, you're currently in. There's always the, I mean, everybody has their, their feelings and their, and their opinions and stuff like that. But um, what do you feel are the most important issues surrounding the support of birthing in Canada right now? Hmm. I know that's a loaded question, eh? <laughs> well, I mean, I think for the most part, we're obviously a lot better than some places. I mean, right. let's not even talk about the United States. Oh, goodness. I know, right? <laughs> but I think for the most part, I mean, I'm fairly optimistic um, mm-hmm. with birth in Canada. Obviously, there are things that we need to fix. Um, right. But I mean, doing labor in, you know, Toronto, there's a lot to be happy about. I mean, there's a lot to, of progression coming forward. And I think we're starting to see some really good change. Yeah, well, I'm curious to know what would one of the things that you think is really changing for the better that you notice the most? Well, I mean, we're starting to see water birth as an option in hospitals by right. OBs, right? There's right. several hospitals in Toronto that will do this. We're starting to see skin to skin in the OR after a, a surgical birth, right? Um, right. As opposed to as opposed to missing that golden hour after birth. Right. Um, you know, we're starting to see more midwives. We're starting to see, I mean, even in the hospital that I currently teach in, which, yeah. you know, has always been kind of not the greatest, has started to see some really good change in growth as far as birth goes. So, I mean, I think yeah. the change is slow and the change is coming, but I've always felt that it isn't going to come from the doulas. It's so where do you think it will come from? It's going to come from the consumer. It's right. has to come from the parents. They're the ones that have to stand up and demand better care for themselves. Right. They're the ones that have to say, we need something different. Really is. It's a consumer-driven business. Totally. So, if, And regardless if of universal health care, uh, which we are lucky enough to have here in Canada, it's definitely still... You vote with your dollars, which a lot of people don't realize they still have the power to do in a universal healthcare system. Well, exactly. I mean, if, if you want if you want a particular type of birth and a hospital wants to do birth, they're gonna mm-hmm. have to accommodate the births that people are demanding, which is why exactly. we're starting to see other hospitals doing water births. We're starting to see skin to skin in the OR. Right. Because people that's have pretty much what it. A, Yeah, exactly. And that's pretty much what a doula essentially does in a nutshell is kind of trying to help their clients to become strong enough to advocate for themselves. I mean, would you agree that that would be one of the main jobs of a doula? Well, a lot, it's funny. A lot of people say, you know, well, I have a doula, so she's going to be my advocate. So, right. You know, that's actually not what a doula does. What right. a doula does is help you to self-advocate. A doula helps give you your voice as opposed to speaking for you. Exactly. Which I think, like you said, it's so important that you find that voice because the consumers are going to be the ones that change things continually for the better, not the doulas who speak on the client's behalf. Well, that's just it. I mean, the labor room is not the place to be radical. No. That has to come, that has to come from the actual birthing parent themselves. 
Right. And our job is to show them what their options are. Right. And to let them decide. So my final couple of questions would probably be, first of all, what are some of the challenges that, that families face when they look into hiring a doula? Uh, what are some, I guess, more specifically, what are a couple of the things, if you were to speak to families that might be listening to this, who think, hey, I might possibly want a doula for myself, what are some of the things that you might let them know on how to find the right doula for themselves? I mean, I think one thing that has to happen is, you know, a lot, of, especially with a lot of collectives and whatnot, you kind of fill out a form and you get a doula. You need right. to you need to interview more than one. You right. need to interview at least two or three, but not yeah. six or seven. Right. <laughs> it's that sweet spot of not being overwhelmed, but definitely letting yourself know you have choices. Yeah. And and understanding that, you know, the questions that you ask are important and experience is important, right. but also a good fit, like a good personality fit. This right. doula that you want to hire could have like, you know, 20 years of experience, but if they grind on your every nerve, that's not the doula <laughs> to have in your birth. Yeah, no. <laughs> so yeah, you know, sure. make sure that you are getting, you know, experience is one aspect of it, but you also need to make sure that, you know, you're actually getting someone who you enjoy their company and who you think will be there to to help you out. We like to talk a lot of, well, not a lot. We like to, uh, we like to acknowledge the doulas that are being covered in the media, so to speak. And so one of the things that came up recently was the fact that a doula in Saskatchewan, I believe, unfortunately got caught for practicing outside of her scope. So, I mean, for families who might be concerned, well, how do I know if a doula is really going to be, you know, practicing within her scope, or am I going to end up in a situation where this doula is not going to stay within her scope? What would be maybe one or two questions that they could ask potential doulas that could kind of give them a clue as to how that, how that's going to go down? (laughs) Well, I mean, are they, are they trained? Who right. are they trained by? Is the right. organization they're trained by, you know, a well-known, respected organization? Does right. that organization even have their scope of practice published? Right. You know, and, and will they work within that scope? And, and ask them, what is your scope of practice? Hmm. Doula should be able to present that, you know. Right. Say, Here, this is my scope and this is what I, I will be working within. Right. And I think even specifically asking, you know, are you, because I get this question a lot and I enjoy the question, even though it might annoy some is, are you the same as a midwife? Right. And that actually presents me with the perfect opportunity to specify my scope in that respect so that they know a hundred percent that I am absolutely not a midwife, exactly. and I do not deliver babies. I do not perform any medical procedure whatsoever. And I definitely don't give medical advice. So making sure that those three things are are mentioned is I think also really important for any potential families so that they can avoid those risks of, you know, I think what it comes down to is liability, really, because when you don't have that training, when you don't have that proper accreditation, the 
risks of that liability falling square on your shoulders is a lot heftier than maybe someone might realize if they're thinking about possibly practicing outside of scope. Well, that's just it. And I mean, I I never understood. You want to be a doula, work within your scope. If you want to be a midwife, become a midwife, period. There it is. And that doesn't mean that you lose your ability to empower a person just because you're a midwife, but going to the proper university, getting the proper, you know, accreditations, making sure you have that license, that, that other scope of practice that you need to be governed by is super, super important. Exactly. And don't ruin it for me by working out of your scope of practice. That's it, right? Like, you know, it does absolutely affect all other doulas across the board. Yes, it does. I mean, Saskatchewan itself, you know, they don't have an association. They have a very newborn doula organized, or what am I trying to say? Like they a collective of people that are... Yeah, like they're very yeah. new in this respect. And, you know, wow. her, her doing that really has probably set them back. Definitely. They've done so well to get themselves established out there. Um, right. But they're still so fledgling. And now her doing this has right. ruined it. And yeah. it's going to take a lot for people to, you know trust again. I mean, I'm about to go out there and do, you know, a labor doula training. Right. Yeah. I mean, I hope to God. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I can just imagine what your training is going to focus on. (laughs) Yeah. We're, I'm going to nail scope of practice into their brain. Yeah. Just exercise after exercise. Yeah. We're not learning anything else. Just scope of practice. The rest you can learn on the job. Just make sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's just one of those things that's uh, so unfortunate to have happened. But I, and I kind of like bringing it up because, first of all, if we don't bring it up and pretend it didn't exist, pretend it doesn't, you know, affect us is also not really, in my opinion, my humble opinion, is really not the way to go either because families who are considering doulas want to know, I think, that there's doulas out there who know better. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so I definitely hope to be a little bit more contributive towards that voice instead of the other voice. Well, a really big thank you to Kimberly Healy for sharing her time and thoughts with us today. If you'd like to reach out to Kim as a family who might want to hire her as a doula, you can do so through torontodoulagroup.com. If you're interested in becoming a doula yourself, you can also get in touch with her through uh, through her website, ontariodoulaeducation.com. So be sure to check those out depending on which group you fall into. We're going to leave things here today. It's been awesome sharing the last half hour with you all. Thanks for joining us once again. Don't forget to hit that subscribe or favorite button so that you can get notifications as soon as we post up a new episode. We have lots more interviews going to happen with many more birthing and healthcare professionals weighing in on all topics related to fertility, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. You can also check us out online at mumsandtumscanada.com. I'm Heather Dolomont, and this is the Mums and Tums Birth Unfiltered Podcast. Talk to you again next time.